What's up, Grace Point family, friends, all of you listening out there. This is the brand new, one and only, To The Point podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Colton Monin. Hey, thank you for joining us. Uh, Today we have a very, very special guest, but before we get there, hey, I just want to tell you uh, what this is all about, okay? So a few weeks ago, man, I really felt God tugging on my heart to do something a little bit different outside of our normal Sunday, Wednesday night services, something to add value to your life throughout the week. So this is going to be airing uh, every Thursday morning at 9 o'clock. We're going to have interviews, sit-down conversations where we ask tough questions, uh, where we hear testimonies, where we hear about the goodness of God with all of the people, well, with a bunch of folks from our church here at Grace Point. That's why it's called To The Point. We are wanting to challenge you in your faith. We're wanting to encourage you to build you up, to let you know that God's for you, and we want to keep you informed with what's going on here at Grace Point. So if you're listening to this, uh, you can listen to this on uh, Apple Podcasts. That's where I listen to my podcast. You can listen to it on Facebook Live. We have a video going. Uh, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Samsung, Pandora, or Spotify. Anywhere you listen to music or to podcasts, you can listen to this there. So thank you so much for tuning in, for joining us. I hope this builds your faith. I hope it encourages you. Now, for a drum roll for our very first, very special guest, our bishop, our pastor, my father-in-law, Bishop J.W., John Wesley Jones, dude, we love you so much from the bottom of our heart. And this is big, okay? So this is, I mean, I, I brought this this idea to you two, three weeks ago. Right. And you said, you know, so long as it so long as it helps people, so right. long as it values people. And that's that's what you're all about, uh, PJ, is is about building the believers. And man, I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. So I got you something. Uh to kind of commemorate hey. or celebrate this, I actually got you something. Come on. Um, so we both love this man right here, yeah. Bishop T.D. Jakes' new book, new book. and uh, he didn't sign it, but I did write a little something in there Come for you, the man. Uh, yeah, and this—that's what it's all about. And PJ, you've done so well at at this for twenty years. Yeah, at, thank you, brother. At at knowing the importance of the pulpit and the platform. So, man. I just thank you from the bottom of my heart for for being here and for doing this faithfully for 20 years. I mean, it's it's unreal. People don't know, really. People don't know. Well, nowadays, nowadays, you see people that do it for three years and then that's it, and then and then they're done. They they slip up or they do something. So for you to do this faithfully for 20 years, I mean, it's phenomenal. It's awesome, and we honor you for that and thank you for that. And thank you for your heart. So, so I know you because I grew up with you, uh, dating your daughter, marrying your daughter. Uh, so I know you really well. But this podcast, this episode, we're gonna give people that don't get to spend as much time with you on a on a Wednesday or on a Thursday like I do. We have family night every Monday or Tuesday, whichever we pick to do. It's to just give them a little bit of an idea of who you are, right. PJ. So that's what we're gonna start with. So tell us. If you mind, if you don't mind, a little bit about your background, kind of where you grew up, PJ, um, what it was like. We know that you're a pastor's kid, what that was like, and then uh, we're going to get into what or when you knew 
that you were called to be a pastor. Cool. So, Go yeah. Surprise Go surprise for it. Everybody, probably. All right. Yeah. Um, so I was born here in Monroe, Louisiana. My dad pastored a church, Faith Tabernacle Assembly of God, uh, for most of my childhood life. Uh, grew up as a preacher's kid. Grew up in the spotlight. You know a lot about that, Reagan. You know how. Uh, but it was uh, it, it was amazing. But the tr- I'm fourth generation Pentecostal. My great Come on. grandfather was a Pentecostal preacher. My grandmother, my dad's mom, was a Pentecostal preacher. My dad's a Pentecostal preacher. So I'm literally fourth generation Pentecostal preacher. So that's kind of my roots. And you're big on that too. You're big, big on on generations and the God of generation so I'm I mean we're gonna get into that now that you said well, that he said he's we're the just God gonna of Abraham Isaac and Isaac Jacob. and Jacob he yes, said sir. if I'm, I want to be the God of all of them mm-hmm. not just the God of a few so he's the God of generations so wow. he's generational wow so. that's good so this is I mean this is yeah this is super important yeah. so uh PJ when did you feel first feel called or feel uh, a tugging from the Lord knowing that you were gonna be uh, a pastor one day went to youth camp Okay. And I saw these kids getting filled with the Holy Ghost. I was mm-hmm. 15 years old. Yeah. I'd never been filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and, you know, raised in it, you know. I, but yes, sir. A little bit nervous, you know, about it, you know. Like, you know, I've seen my parents do that. Yeah. You know, is it for yeah. real? You know how you have all these questions. Right. And then I've been, I started seeking the Holy Ghost, been seeking the Holy Ghost and went to mm-hmm. youth camp and saw these people and said, I, I accept the call, accept the call. And so I went back to our church and on a Sunday night, I'll never forget it, they preached. And I went up front and said, I want to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, man, it, it, it radically changed me. Yeah. And for one, that tells you, parents, get your kids to the hub. Get your kids involved in Kids Point because that's where your life change is going to yeah, begin in their that's lives. Right. That's right. And so, man, I went and got filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I'll never forget. I'll never mm-hmm. forget that night. I, I felt the Lord called me in my heart. Yeah. I'm calling you to ministry. Yeah. I'm calling you to preach. And I got the nerve to tell my dad. <laughs> and, uh, and he's, you know, my dad, he's uh-huh. very stolid. You know, he said, uh-huh. okay, how do you know? And I thought I'd be funny, and I said, because I've been getting real lazy and craving fried chicken. Oh, nice. He didn't think that would be that You've got an awesome sense of humor. No. You really do. You're but hilarious. I, took, well, I told him that, and man, and, and, and he said, okay, well, we're going to get together. I want you to preach. And so he helped me write my first message, and I invited all my friends from school. And wow. my first sermon to ever preach, I preached the anatomy of a backslider, and one of my friends in school got saved. Wow, and so from that that's awesome. I that's, that's, when I, that's when I accepted the call. That's awesome. At 15, 15 years man, and your first sermon, first sermon, 15. 15, wow. And you, I mean, you're still doing it today. That's, that. I mean, that's awesome, PJ. That's so cool. What's the difference? What would you say the difference um, of being a pastor and a preacher? What's the difference of those two? Is is there a difference? Huge difference. Okay. Huge difference. You know, a, a preacher declares the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Yes, sir. To everybody, such as an evangelist. You yes, know, sir. They're, they're, they're more of a preacher. A pastor, you're a shepherd. Okay. You know, you, you not only preach the gospel, but you also have to be apt to teach, the Bible says, as a pastor. Right. You know, it calls you a shepherd. You know, uh, in Revelation, it says, to the angel at the church at Ephesus. Yes, sir. And so an angel was an angel. Psalms 9111, he gives his angels charge over us to keep us in all of our ways. Okay. So a pastor is more of a shepherd. They watch over the flock. They're responsible for a disciple. They're mm-hmm. also responsible to make sure the fivefold ministry is alive in the church, not just pastor. Right. But the pastor, the prophet, you know, the, the teacher, the evangelist, you know, you yes, have sir. to have all the fivefold ministry. Mm-hmm. And so the difference is a preacher declares the gospel and a pastor, I believe, shepherds and, and raises up. Maybe a pastor's life is maybe a pastor is the contractor of a building site. Yes, sir. He's responsible to make sure that the building is built. God's responsible for sending the resources. Yeah. He's responsible to make sure everything gets carried out. 
Okay, that's a that's a great. Yeah. Now, do you have to wear both hats oh, yeah. as a senior pastor? Absolutely. And what does that look? What does that look like? A lot of work. Um, <laughs> it looks like getting up at three o'clock like... in the morning and writing sermons and coming and sitting down for podcasts. And sitting down for podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It comes from the, the phone calls and the text, yeah. you know, that says, "Hey, pastor, I'm struggling in my marriage." And you know, as a shepherd, you yeah. want to you want to build them. You know, you, yes, you want to watch over them, and that's the ones that you've been assigned to. So that's yes, that's sir. the big. That's the most drain. Preaching comes easy, honestly. right? Right, right, right. You know, because you know how it is. You're driven. You yes, know, sir. I, I want to. Pr- mm-hmm. I got a burning word. Mm-hmm. But pastoring people's work, man. That's when you have to roll your sleeves up. And, and the Bible calls a pastor a shepherd. And yes, sir. I think that if a shepherd doesn't smell like a sheep, are you really a shepherd? Right, right. Yeah, that's so. good. And I've heard you say that before, and you demonstrated that so well. Um, what was, what was there before Grace Point, PJ? What, what, what do you me- remember about, cause it was Faith Tabernacle in 2003, I believe. Yeah. And then what, so what was it before Grace Point? And then kind of, how did we get to where we are today as a church? We actually began as a revival center. My father okay. was home. My mom had had surgery. Yes, sir. Um, she had had a major surgery, and, and they came home, and it kept him here. And so he, he's a preacher. He's an evangelist. Yes, sir. You know? mm-hmm. And so he said, you know, I, I'm going to preach while I'm here. So we started having a 2 o'clock afternoon service on Sunday afternoons, you know, in between okay. other services. Mm-hmm. Well, he was going back on the road. I had gotten out of the military. I would rededicated my life to the Lord, began preaching. Well, really not preaching that much because my dad – believes that when you're called to preach, you have to first learn how to straighten chairs, learn how to vacuum. You have That's to learn good. To That's you, good. He said, he said something one time. He said, if you will be, if you will have humility mm-hmm. and nothing is beneath you, mm-hmm. God will bring you above it all. That's awesome. And so I remember he said that. So that's how we began. You know, that's how I began preaching as a servant. And I heard somebody say this the other day and, and speak to this a little bit, PJ. They said, everyone wants to be a servant. If you're a Christian, servant is like, that's a cute word. That's something that we want to be. Everyone wants to be a servant until someone doesn't leave you a tip. There you go. Everyone wants to serve until someone doesn't leave you a tip. So you have to learn how to, I mean, you said straightening chairs and doing stuff like that. And, and have we gotten away from that because of, do you think media has gotten us away from that? Like wanting to, wanting to be in the know? Maybe a lot of churches, maybe, uh, maybe, but at Grace Point, you know the culture here. Right, yes, sir. You know, and I think yeah. it, it has to come from the top. Yes, sir. It, here's what I say to ministers. If you can't do this for free, I don't want to pay you for it. Yes, sir. Not, yes, sir. You know, and I don't mean that arrogantly. I just mean that if you don't have the call of God that you'll do it for nothing, right. then I truly wonder if you are called. And I know it takes money. You know, I know what, I, mm-hmm. it, I get that. Yes, sir. But yeah, I, I think that you got to do it for free. And we have, we've had that conversation oh, well, a our, lot our, of all times. All of our staff, all of yes, our sir. staff, most started doing it for free. Yeah. I mean, we have this young guy, Justin Abair, just started showing up. Um, and, I know. And one day I tried to fire him, and he said, well, I really don't even work here. And I said, that's what makes it so difficult. <laughs> no, I'm playing. I did Justin awesome. behind me. We do. We need to give them a shout-out, too. Uh, Brother Justin, Brother James, they are producing this podcast and those guys have jumped on this, and they have just really taken ownership. They've made the graphic, the intro video that you've got. They've set it up on a website. They've set this email up. So uh, we just want to applaud them. Thank you guys so much for what you've done. Pastor James, he's been with me for twenty for nineteen years, or going twenty. He's been here just about as long yes, as sir. I have. Yeah, serving for free. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's here. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously he's on staff now, salary, but almost free. We do the best we can to get by. We're getting it for free. Yeah. Well, you talk about, I mean, you talk about serving before before you lead, and, and that's kind of something. So I don't know if you, you probably don't know this. Today that we're filming this makes one year since I've been back in country. Wow. Today from, from the crazy. deployment. 
And as soon as I got back, I was ready to start serving in the church, ready to start moving forward, working in church. And Reagan and I did that for a long time back where we were at Keesler in Biloxi, Mississippi. We served, we worked, and I was working another job. So I want you to talk a little bit about balance with us because I was working another job almost 40 hours a week. I was coming up here and serving so much, working part-time here. And then I was going to school, and I was in the Air Force Reserves. And you pastured, pastored me, led me, shepherded me so well. And I remember you telling me, you saw, you just saw something in me. And you said, Colton, you're, you're like mayonnaise, and you're spread too thin. I remember that. And I remember a, another time there was, a, there was a guy who was trying to get all of this stuff up and going, and you put in this, in this very office, you put a pencil up like this and said, sooner or later— you're going to have to take your hand off and see if it'll stand up on its own. You yeah. can't hold everything up on right. your own. So when did you learn that, I guess, in your ministry? Was there a time where you felt like you were trying to do too much or doing too much and had to back off on some things? I still oftentimes. So here's the thing. Yes, sir. The, the, the call of God drives you. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, you know yeah. that drives you. You want to be there for everybody. Yes, sir. And there's still times now that I'm I do too much and I get too thin. Talking about the mayonnaise, and what I was telling Pastor Colton was when when you if, if you don't, if your mayonnaise is so thin on your sandwich that you can't even taste it, right? Is it even any good? Mm-hmm. You know, should you know? And so that was the whole thing. But yeah, there are times in, in ministry that I've been gone too much, and there are t- there are times you have to be gone. Yes, sir. But when you don't have to be, I think that's the key things. You know, yeah. if, if your family ever suffers in a season that you don't have to be gone, I don't think that's God's will. That's good. There are seasons you have to be gone. There are seasons I'm at the hospital at two o'clock in the morning, not right. since COVID. Right. You know, but mm-hmm. there are seasons, and, and my wife, and my family understand that. Yeah. You know, but you, if if your kids see you less than church people, mm-hmm. you need to back up. That's good. Oh, that's a good point. You know, it's God first. Say that again. If your kids see you less than the church people, you're not you're not doing well. Oh man, you're not pastoring well. That's awesome. You're not parenting well. And here's here's the truth. You know, we have churches. I don't know if y'all know this. We have churches all around the world: Uruguay, Africa, uh, India, different places. But here's the thing: if I if I reach around the world and we can save the world, but I lose my kids, yeah, I'm a failure. Yes, sir. Mm. God, family. Ministry. That's really good. And we're actually uh, going to shoot the next podcast with Pastor Marcus, and we're going to talk about that specifically, uh, the order of God, oh, family, yeah. and ministry. So that's an awesome segue. So if you're watching, hey, tune in next Thursday for that with Pastor yeah, Marcus. Pastor Marcus is phenomenal at it. But that's that's so good, PJ, that you that you bring that up, and you've done that so well. In your life, I, I just, I mean, this is, I was driving down the road this morning, I was like, Man, how can I honor PJ? Your life has been like uh, like a uh, an airstrip, I guess, a, a launch pad right. for the next generation, for me, for Reagan, for Hadley, for, for our generation. And you've been able to, and I've said this about you before, you've been able to let off on the reins and kind of, kind of, Almost like a transition, but but it's not really. You're just kind of given some leadership opportunities and responsibilities. And I've heard one of the toughest things to do as a leader is to let somebody else do it because you could fail miserably. So tell us, I guess, I guess just just how you've had confidence right. to to kind of give people a little bit more. Like what builds your confidence in other people to take on some more leadership opportunities. Well, it goes back to the mayonnaise. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. I can only one jar of mayonnaise can only fix so many sandwiches. Yeah, yes, sir. But if I can mm. get more jars of mayonnaise, 
I can fix more sandwiches. Right. So if I feel like I'm the only jar, I can do 10 sandwiches. Yeah. If I get 100 jars, I can do 1,000 sandwiches. That's good. And so, you know, I think in ministry, any successful ministry in the Bible, the protege or or the predecessor, the, the teacher always raised up his replacement. Yes, sir. If you're not raising up the person to replace you, mm. you're not fruitful in ministry. Wow. Because if you just went one generation, you didn't have a, a movement. Yes, sir. Moment. Yes, sir. So a movement raises up the next generation. In fact, I'm preaching this Sunday on sons and daughters. You said putting your hands on the reins. Yeah. But the, the old man put his hands on the bow and arrow of the young man, King Joash. Yes, sir. And he put his hands on there, and the old man pointed. He said, this is where I want you to shoot. I don't mm-hmm. have the strength to pull the bow back anymore. Wow. But I'm going to aim it for you. You pull it back, and I'm going to aim it. Yeah. And that's what he did. That's that's the generations. Yes, sir. So the, the wise generation says, this is the way I want you to shoot, mm-hmm. but you've got the strength to pull it back and let it go. That's good. Also on that, you have you have uh, Eli and Samuel. And, right. and Samuel was brand new. He was just a young kid following this prophet. And he heard from the voice. He heard the voice of God. He couldn't discern it at that moment. So I heard uh, actually Bishop T.D. Jakes saying, you need somebody in your life who can discern what you can't discern. Yeah. And you need to be the person. If you're the young person, you need to be the person that can do what your prophet might not can do. And, and Eli's eyes were going bad. Right. So he couldn't see. So he needed Samuel to see for him. And Samuel needed Eli for discernment. So yeah, that's a, yeah, God is. He said, here, here am I. Yeah. You know, I think it's come, you know, uh, was it, it was Moses, you know, and, and Joshua. You know, yeah. Joshua was the one that came up behind him. Yes, sir. And every time Moses saw God, the Bible said, and Joshua was in the tabernacle. Yeah. Joshua was in the tent. Oh, wow. Joshua was yes, in the place. But it never mentions Joshua speaking ever. Yeah. So can mm-hmm. you be in a room and be mature enough to keep your mouth shut mm. and learn because mm. there's going to come a time and it came a time when Joshua was the one that had to speak yes, but sir. he had learned so much from Moses by being quiet so there's a season wow. that you learn you know, next generation Wow. but I've learned this also with every new move of God the next generation voice becomes prophetic We'll talk about it. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm I'm actually about to ask you a question about that, uh, about the moves of God that you've seen at Grace Point. What do you? What would you say has been the greatest ever move of God uh, in your in your 20 years of ministry here at Grace Point? I think the greatest move of God is the way we've had a move of God. Okay. Yes, sir. We 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 have we've we've done like this. Yes, sir. It's been a steady yeah. slope. It's not been yeah. just up down. It's been a steady slope. There've been peaks. Yeah. But it's been it's been up. And I, I feel like this. I feel like that, that prayer precedes purity. Okay. And purity precedes power. Yes, sir. So I feel like when we get prayer right, mm-hmm. when we get purity right, the power always shows up. That's wow. the three things that I really believe that have been the key. And I also believe when God begins to work miracles, it's not necessarily the vessel, but it's the timing and it's the unity. I've noticed the that's unity. when God, when, when you have yeah. unity, God commands. He don't just say, hope a blessing shows up, but he commands a blessing. Right. You know, so unity. I feel like that's the biggest key to miracles. And we've seen so many miracles in the past. Depression just gone, just broken off of people. Clinical depression. And diabetic ulcers healed. Like we have seen in backs, backs that were hurting muscles pulled that were not anymore. The the, the ball on the, the lady's the, arm a baseball that just went away. Yeah. It's been an awesome, an awesome move of God here, and I have heard you talk about that, the unity uh, that that precedes that. I can always tell when there's an undercurrent in the church. An undercurrent um, is kind of like the ocean. You, yes, know, sir. you see the waves, but the waves are not what drowns you. 
Yeah. Waves can knock you down, but you mm-hmm. stand back up. But what happens, people drown because the undercurrent, the thing they can't see, pulls at you. You don't mm-hmm. know it's there. All of a sudden, it snatches you down. And yeah. the undercurrent of a church is when you don't have unity. You have, well, I didn't like the way he did this, or I didn't like the way he did that. you got to be in unity. And when you get in unity, God will command a blessing, not just for me, but for you. That's really good. So, That's awesome. Yeah, unity. You can always feel an undercurrent. I can always feel spiritually. Yes, sir. I can feel if it's pushing service. You're trying. Yes, You're sir. not seeing the miracles. Yeah. Unity's where he I love this. I wrote it down, the, the prayer, purity, and power. Uh, and I wrote that down. Yeah. I'm going to remember that for forever. Let me Prayer tell you what, purity. A general taught me once. He said, and, and I can't remember. I think it was Brother Libby, Brother brother Ronald Libby. Yes, sir. Uh, he, he made a statement once. He said that a praying man won't sin and a sinning man won't pray. Wow. He said, when you're a praying man, it's difficult to sin. And when you're a sinning man, it's difficult to pray. Mm. And that's powerful to me. That's so good. That's so good. I've seen you uh, through... Hard times, through easy times. I've seen you through stressful times and not stressful times. Right. The one thing that I love, love, love is your worship, PJ. You've never, ever let anything come in between what's going on on the outside of everything right. and your heart for worship for God. And I admire that so much about you. Why is that important in our in our walk, and hopefully one of these days I can have Pastor Crystal here, and we're going to talk about oh, right, the right, whole I, thing, worship. I, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. If you'll ever watch, if you want to see when I'm going through something, I worship deeply. Okay. This okay. church was founded on worship. You know, I worship. On, I play, yes, sir. You know, I've written songs and yes, sir. And, and, and worship songs. And some are being sang even today in churches, you know, yeah. so I, I don't say that to boast, but I worship. And yes, if sir. you ever really want to see if I'm going through something, watch my worship. My worship goes deeper. Yeah. Because I've learned if if the enemy can do something that can take your worship, he'll continually do that in your life. Mm. But if he does something that don't take my worship, because mm-hmm. he worship God inhabits the praises of his people. Yes, sir. I can't find God. Praise him and he'll find you. Yes, sir. You know, so that's where I look at it. So worship. That's awesome. Me. I can't find God. Praise him and he'll find you. Yeah. That's so awesome. I sure. love I love that about worship is it's is it really gets us out of our mind because we always, I mean, oh, we yeah. just get wrapped up in everything that's going on, whatever happened on Tuesday, you know, whatever happened the week before, the month right. before, and when we worship, it always turns our eyes back toward God, and that's, that's yeah, every time, yeah, that's so awesome to me. Um, and one of the one of the 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 my favorite sermons that you've ever done was Miracle at Midnight, and it was about Paul worshiping in the middle. Of that jail cell in he the middle in of that. Stocks. He was humped over like this. They had his worshiping. Heart, his arms bound up and his feet bound up, humped over in a dark prison. It's powerful. And worshiping. And worshiping. That's yeah. That's awesome. Well, PJ. Um, last question. All right. Last question. This is uh. I guess this is gonna kind of be a a little shocker. I haven't even uh. I didn't let you know about this one, which I have a lot of questions that I didn't even right. let you know about. Uh, that we've gone through, but, but I wanted to ask you, and I might finish every podcast with this. What's the one thing that you have done for your, for your growth with Christ? What's the one thing that you've done in your relationship, in your faith journey that has, that has put you where you are today? First one. And then the second one is what do you wish you would have started sooner in your relationship with Christ? They're almost the same. Okay. Okay. Uh, Honestly, isolation. Okay. Um, yes, sir. What we call abandonment sometimes, when God takes you in seasons, yes, sir. when you feel like everybody's leaving you, it's really not the case. Mm-hmm. It's really the case when Abraham went up to the mountain and he said, y'all stay here. 
Uh-huh. And me and the lad are going to go to worship. Yes, We're going to come back. It's the time alone with God, the time that you shut out all the noise, shut out yeah. all the stuff, and pray and then stop and listen and say, God, what do you want to say to me? Yeah. Because if we sometimes, oh, God, I want, to, I want you to say, speak to me. God, do this. Mm-hmm. But we go, go, go. It's the, it's the time alone. That, that's the first thing, that the, the just getting away with God. And, and I guess um, your second question, you know, I, I wish I would have learned that. I wish yes, I would sir. have learned to shut out the noise. Yes, sir. You know, because it's hard. You know, pastoring, preaching's not hard. Pastoring's right. hard. Because mm-hmm. you're going to have people leave you. You're going to have people stay. And what I've learned, and, and I wish I would have learned sooner, is if someone can, can leave and walk out of your life, it tells me this, that they were good for where you were, but right. not for where you're going. Right. Yes, but sir. if you still needed them in your life mm-hmm. for God to bless you, they would still be there. Yeah. So learn to hug them, tell them you love them, and let them go. Yes, sir. I wish I'd have learned that. And how do, we, how do we end today with just media, with our phones always connected to us, always getting updates, always getting notifications? How do we shut that off and draw away for to have time with God? How do Turn you do off. it? Turn it off. Turn it off. Yes, sir. You know, when I work out, you know, I put my right. yes, earbuds sir. in. I, yeah. I kill my, my phone, and I listen to preaching. I listen to music. Yes, I sir. I listen to preaching. listen mm-hmm. to the Word. And, and here's the thing. Why I listen to the Word all the time is the Word is what I always put out. Yes, sir. If I'm in my vehicle and I'm always burning gas, what am I going to have need of? You're going to need gas. And yeah. so that's why I get the Word put Man, back in me. Man, that's I'm good. Yes, sir. I the Word back in me because i yeah. got to fill me back up. Yeah. I love that. That's so good. Well, PJ, hey, that is it for us. Hey, Unless you, you want to go. You for my book. If you want to keep going, we can keep going. I know you've got a lot no, of stuff man, to do. I, hey, y'all, if y'all can, shout PJ down on Facebook. Comment under this. Tell him how grateful we are for him to show up to be here. And, hey, again, thank you so much. To the Point Podcast. Episode 1. Let's go. If you've enjoyed this, please like, subscribe, share this with your friends. This is going to build community in our church outside of a Sunday service. PJ, honored to have you, sir. Love you so much. This is going to take off. It's going to be for God's glory, not for ours. But it's all it's to the point, and it's all from, from you. You're the head. You're, you're the daddy. So, I mean, it's awesome getting just, to serve under you. I'm just you. a jar of mayonnaise. Jar of mayonnaise. That's good. Love you guys. Thanks.